Welcome to Connect Dardenup, a series of podcasts produced by the Shire of Dardenup and hosted by myself, Rick Stacey, where I lead you through a series of dynamic conversations with local personalities. From an elite sportsman to a wildlife warrior, frontline health worker, to community collaborators and champions. Each 30-minute episode dives deep into our guests' unique journey and experience of connecting, working and living within the Shire of Dardanelle. As your host, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we make these programs, the Noongar people, and pay my respects to elders past and present. The theme of this series of podcasts is My Place, My People. My guest for this episode is Jill Cross, well-known community leader, organiser and volunteer. And I had the opportunity to speak with Jill as we strolled around the Crooked Brook Forest. Hi, Jill. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good. Thanks Thanks for uh, arranging this meeting today in the Crooked Brook Forest or, oh. or nominating this spot. I believe it's of... Uh, Special interest to you? Oh, it is. It's a beautiful spot. Well, luckily, it's only a couple of k's from our house. And uh, I was saying during, uh, you know, COVID lockdown, I spent a lot of time up here along with quite a few other community members, not mingling, of course, but we were voluntarily social distancing, but exercising. And I think everyone who comes up here just thoroughly enjoys it. It's such such a peaceful place to be. And it's just been, even though it's been probably over 20 years now that the local community have put this work into this this project, the Crookerbrook Forest for all people, probably the benefits have been uh, far outweigh the work that the, the volunteer hours that have gone into this project because it's been an opportunity for all our community, our local community to connect you know, I know my neighbours, we get together yeah. socially, you know, we work together on this project, but but we also socialise, and so... You have good fun? Oh, we do. We have a wonderful <laughs> time, and um, so the benefits have far outweighed any of the work that's gone into oh, that's, the place. that's terrific news, and, and it's a... It's a, it's a um Terrific result uh, we have here of gardens. It caters for all sorts, obviously, for kids. We have a kids' garden here that you were describing to yes, me a little bit yes. earlier. Yes, some of the locals have made some some little ride-on um, things out of wood and... and, yeah. uh, and Very popular and with my grandchildren. Oh, yes, yeah. stepping blocks. Um, so that's something to keep the children amused while the parents are having a barbecue and not too far from the barbecues. And it's it's got this disabled path, of course, so... Um, we quite often get uh, groups and they bring uh, people in wheelchairs up yeah. here and they can walk along the path quite easily. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific path. Uh, nice and wide, wheel, wheelchair ready. Yep, yep. And then all the tables, of course, uh, they cater for uh, wheelchairs as well. And so that is front of, of mind in everything we do up here. Yes. Um, we're led by the government, of course, the Department of Biosecurity, Conservation and Attraction, and uh, they keep a bit of an eye on what we do and also assist. They've built some of the rock walls as well. Oh, right, but, OK. But mainly... So it's really been a, a joint effort. It, it has, and yep. it always is a joint effort because there's obviously guidelines that we have to follow as, as community um, volunteers. But generally, you know, once that we've set that uh, path then and we know what we can and can't do, then uh, the locals uh, go about getting it done. So we've got the two barbecues now and, and the two picnic shelters. And, uh, of course, there's the 10K trail as well. So that's a bit more challenging for those who are yep. a bit keener on... Sure. on so it caters for all, all levels of fitness. It does, it does. And all levels of access. It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. 
And of course, this is only one of, of many projects you've been involved in around the district over the years, Jill, is that right? Oh, yes, it is, Rick. How did we get here, Jill? How, yeah, how, how did we get here? Well, I suppose, uh, luckily, I had some wonderful role models in my parents who, uh, they're both well in their 80s now, but they still volunteer. My mother's still on a couple of uh, groups in Preston Beach where she lives. And my father, you know, he, up until recently, really, he's still done a lot of volunteering as well in their communities. So, you know, as a child, I always watched them volunteer for, yep. for different things. I've always uh, been of the, the thought that, you know, you, you don't just live in a community, you, you become part of it. Certainly. And you always try and make a place a better place in which to live. Um, and I think, you know, it's up to, to everyone to to make sure that people do connect and people enjoy themselves. Mm, and, you know, mm. it might be you might be wanting to bring about change and improve things, but um, I think it's all about being involved in a community and, yes. and connecting with people. And you mentioned this, this project in particular involved a wide range of people and the community building aspects of it can't be underestimated, can they? Oh, no, no, well and truly. It's... Um, I mean, you, it, people uh, learn new skills. Uh, probably more importantly, they make make friends. Yeah. And, you know, I know throughout uh, my time involved in volunteering in Darden Up, I've made some lifelong friends that, that I, I will treasure all of my life. As Jill and I strolled around the Crookerbook Forest, we reflected on how people can fit volunteering into their increasingly busy lives. You know, volunteering always has a place in a community, and I think in a rural community, it's it's a little bit harder to hide too. So Certainly. you tend yes, to yes. Um, it, we'll take you, a down. you yep. tend to find people that that do come forward a little bit more, and because you're a bit more isolated, I think people like to meet new people. I know with our Bull and Barrel Festival committee, um, people who've joined that committee have they've since gone on to be to to form friendships outside the festival mm. and so people who go caravanning together and go out together yep. and so I've, I've noticed that that uh, people on on some of our committees then they have you know formed some really good friendships and so they socialize apart from just uh, being involved in that in that event or organizing or on those committees which is wonderful mm. but I think um I, I think Darden up to me I think you know, punches above its weight as far as volunteering goes because when you look at our small town and the locality, you know, there's not a lot of people there. Although I must admit when I look around, I went for a drive out West Darden up the other day and I thought, who are, where are all these houses coming from? <laughs> really? Who are all these people? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, and being so close to Bunbury, I think we are attracting a lot more people to, to Darden up because you've got, you know, you've got a lovely place to live in this rural area plus you've got the benefits of Bunbury not so far away mm, mm. but I think uh, Darden up you know we've got the Bull and Barrel Festival and the Art Spectacular and the Open Gardens and all the tourism stuff that's happening in Ferguson Valley I think uh, Darden up does punch above its weight as far as organising and getting on and, mm. and organising events and, and hosting events and uh, because we really do have you know not such a large resource to to um to pull from as far as volunteers go and you still have all the community events, the, the sporting groups, etc and other community groups that are vying for that volunteer time. So, um, I, I mean, 
you know, you, you could always do with more volunteers. I would sure. never, I would always agree to that because I always believe, you know, and I always quote that many hands make light work. But at the same time, um, you know, we haven't had too many events or community groups that have folded through lack of sure. volunteers. So I think that's, you know, pretty well a testament that's, to that's, how uh, well we do. That's right. That's excellent. Of course, Dardanup's changed over the years, Jill, hasn't it? Even, even in our time oh, we've both spent oh, here, it's gone from a purely rural base to a, yeah. a suburban base. Now, are you getting getting some volunteers from, from that part of the Well, I the think most, yes, I think most of our volunteers are relatively new to Darden Up and, you know, they're seeking out friendships and, um, you know, learning new skills, just meeting sure. people, etc. So, um, we, it's probably some of the younger ones, it would be great if we got to, you know, if some of those, that those groups or those ages, you know, stepped up and volunteered a little bit more. But then I understand they've got pressures of young families sure. and, and um things like that. A, a while ago, our Residents Association actually put together a pack, Welcome to Dardanup, and uh, inside that is just some of the tourism brochures, things that people can do, lollipop, tea bag, coffee, <laughs> coffee thing, <laughs> and also um, just a spiel on all the community groups in okay. Dardanup, right. and groups are looking for volunteers, the visitors, whether it is the visitor centre, whether it's the Dardanup Lions Club, or So there's or healthy whatever. competition for, vo for volunteers? Oh yeah, well and truly. Yes. So, but it just gives people a bit of an idea of what those community groups do, yes. you know, when they meet, etc. Sure. So if you come to a town, you don't sort of think about, oh gee, you know, if I have got some spare time... You know, what could I do? Mm. Um, we'll, we put that idea right on their breakfast table. Oh, excellent, in front excellent. Of... They can't escape. No. And, of course, there's a wealth, no doubt, a wealth of skills and experience out there in the community that you're particularly good at tapping into, I've noticed. Oh, yes. Well, well, true. And also, I think, I believe, I know with our festival committee, we try and upskill people, yes. our volunteers along okay. the way. So not only that, you know, pay attention, I pay attention to what skills people have, but also we've, I mean, I went to a treasurer's course just last week run by Volunteer Southwest, and um, also we do a lot of occupational health and safety risk management, you know, first oh. aid, um, grant writing. So anything that we see that's going on around the place, um, I think it's really important that we do you know, upskill our volunteers. So that's volunteers. one of the real advantages of volunteering is that personal development I opportunity that you wouldn't yeah. normally tap into as an individual. No, no, you wouldn't. And then the community group you know, obviously pays if there's any, you know, yep. cost involved Great. in that course and the community group Excellent. usually pays for that. Yeah. So, um, but I suppose, you know, when I came to Darden Up, um, that was back in 87 and... Um, I joined the Residents Association. I was in volunteering for a few things in Bunbury at that stage, but once yes. we came out to Darden Up to live, then I sort of turned my attention towards anything that was Darden Up based. So I went along to the Residents Association. I've been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fully occupied, Jill? Yeah, well, it's been a quite, it's been an interesting time with COVID, I must admit, yes. because as you know, we were in the uh, midst of organising the Darden Up Arts Spectacular, and we'd had our festival AGM that week on I think it was about the 11th of March, and uh, I remember then there was this 
this COVID thing that was overseas. And I remember a couple of our committee members were talking about doing a cruise, the, the Budapest to Amsterdam one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, and they were a bit concerned. They didn't really want to go overseas and would they get their money back if they cancelled and, you know. Anyhow, and then within probably a period of a week, it's uh, it sort of became more obvious that this was going to impact on yes. on our country sure. and all our lives and I remember speaking to Kerry Lowe, our, the chairperson of our Art yes. Spectacular Committee and we were supposed to have a meeting that week and I said, gee Kerry, I said well, we might need to have a bit of a rethink about the Art Spectacular this year because things look like they're getting, you know, a little bit difficult and, and with this virus around and I'm not sure where we're heading and so within that, I think we don't even think we end up by having the meeting because then we went into lockdown. Yeah, so of the decision was to, made, made for you. Yeah, yes. the decision was made for us and then of course we had to think about the festival so we, ha- we didn't have a meeting then until the end of May and so we had to really consider we, we had to consider our volunteers first and our committee we do have some elderly volunteers and as some of those also said they at that stage they said we won't be helping we won't be Mm, here mm. we won't be helping with the festival and I thought to myself gee whiz we need more volunteers not less because Mm. at that stage it looked like you know obviously there was going to have to be some consideration for all the social distancing and yes. um, keeping track of numbers on site. And, of course, that's just about impossible for the festival because it's free entry. Yes. And um, so we, we, you know, I said to everyone, you know, you've got, we've got to think of ourselves first. Yep. We're the organisers and we're the volunteers. And so a lot of our committee weren't happy with the festival going ahead and also the other problem was it didn't look like we were going to get our Lottery West funding because uh, all that money had been put into COVID relief. Oh, okay. And so so that's funding fi- sources changed as yeah, well. Yeah, so that's $15,000 oh, and okay. we really didn't think we'd make, we'd find that money in yeah. the corporate sector, yeah. not this year. Well, you haven't had a bad record over the years. From from what I recall, the Bull and Barrel's been going for, what, around 17, 17 years? years, yes. And how many years have you missed? We've missed one other, uh, which I remember was that, the devastating. One. Yes, that was the <laughs> where we had 50 mills in two days, and we were on the th- we were the th- there working on the Thursday, and it was so wet. Oh, crikey! I remember attending a meeting with you not long after that, and yeah, you gave on, me the, the news. Oh, you looked yeah. a bit devastated, a bit yes, disappointed. Yes, well, on the f- so we worked all day in the wet, and then we get some um, some of the pre-release prisoners come out from the regional prison every year and so we set them on sandbagging the wine tent because we had to try and keep the water out and we thought oh this is a good job and we always try and find all the labour intensive jobs for those guys because you know they've got the muscles and we haven't and um, anyhow so they sandbagged the entire wine tent and when we got there on the Friday morning all the water had just come in still and there was about six inches of water at least everywhere and then I remember we were, I was working on something on the oval and we were still wet again uh, the second day running and we all looked like drowned rats. Of course, it had, it had ramifications, didn't it, because people were counting on the having their stalls oh, there yes. at the, at well, the festival and Well, it's sort of so like this year as well. Um, not only that, the community groups, we've got so many community groups in Dardanup that rely upon the festival yes. now for fundraising for the year. And I know I was actually having to talk to Helen Humphreys the other day and she estimated the Dardanup PNC had lost $10,000. Is that right? That's for the Art, art Spectacular, Combined Art Spectacular oh, that was cancelled okay. and the festival. 
Yes. which the P and F would be in the same boat. Yeah, you um, forget these things ripple through the entire oh, yeah. community, and don't I, they? Oh, exactly. And I know the Dardanup Tennis Club, they tutor, we pay them to tutor in the craft tent. Yep. Well, that pays for their insurance for the year. And oh, okay. also the play group, um, they would have missed out on all their funds. The Lions Club, it just goes on and on and on. So, um, yeah, so it was the same that year that they would have missed, right. which was only 2016. So it does, it, you, you don't realise it, it does have a ripple effect. Plus all the commercial people, all the foods, yes. food vendors yeah, and other market storeholders yeah. who are expecting to, you know, to be there to make Well, you haven't done money. too badly. It's sort of been major pandemics and major <laughs> weather events that have stopped you. Otherwise it progresses on smoothly and we all enjoy the festival and the other events that you put on. We'll take a little wander around the, the forest here. You were mentioning before that, of course, un with, with COVID being here, or having visited, uh, this, this forest probably saved the mental health of some people. There was a lot oh, of walking going on around yes, here, I believe. Yes. Often you come here, the car park would be chock-a-block. Yes. You couldn't see anyone. They no. were all lost in the... They're all out, out the, there well, somewhere. Lost, yes. They're out in the bush. Which is what you wanted, really, isn't it? Oh, yes. Lost in an organised sort of way, I hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yes, it did provide... Because you can spread out up here and, yes. and people bring their dogs as well. And yes. Um, so it is, it's just a lovely... I mean, people weren't using the barbecues or anything like that, but they were just obviously out walking sure. and, and enjoying getting the bush and just getting a bit of relief rather than being stuck at home. And, of Excellent. course, you couldn't go anywhere else. Excellent. So it was... Um, yeah, it was... I oh, know, I came up here just about every day. My daughter, she was staying with us because she's a teacher because it was during the school holidays and oh. she nearly killed me. <laughs> because... Because <laughs> we'd walk up here, I heard me, and, me and the dog. I was going to say, I've heard of people's dogs getting walked to death. But, uh, and the... then we'd run up this path and run back. And, oh, oh, intentionally. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So we did that every day for about two weeks. You can get counselling for that sort of oh, thing. Oh, I couldn't wait till she went, <laughs> went back home. No, it's a mar marvellous spot. All, all your um, voluntary work has, obviously, you've You've had your own motivation for doing that, but it's terrific also to see that that you've been recognised for some of that work over oh, the years. Mm, yeah, I have. Both at local level, yeah, uh, and more widely at national yes. level, because you are, yes, I believe, Jill Elizabeth Cross OAM, <laughs> which happened in 2017. Yes, that was a big thrill, and I have to thank. Um, I think Peter Robinson, I think he was yes. the instigator. Well, I didn't know at the time. I think he was well, he instigator, but there was a lot of others who He might did. have dobbed you in, but, I mean, you don't get one of those no, unless you've done the, no, the hard yards. No, I suppose. But, um, yeah, that was a real thrill. And uh, we went up to Government House and Kerry Sanderson was the governor, governor at that stage and we had a wonderful day. I, I could take Tom, and my husband Tom, and... Uh, my father Ross and my mother oh, George, terrific. and so it was. And we met Kerry Sanderson, had a photo with her afterwards. So it was really lovely, and it was great to see all these other people and hear yes. about what they'd been doing around the countryside as well. Of course, locally, and and just as important to you, no doubt, is you you were recognised by the Shire of Dardanup or the community of the Shire of Dardanup as a Citizen of the Year. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Now was that in year two thousand? You you're testing track. my memory now. Doesn't matter. It was, um, it was before the OAM. I, I, oh I yeah, it was yes, quite, a quite a long way before because I know we and because the Shire at that stage too hadn't really got themselves organised as yep. they are now sure. with presentations for for um, citizenship awards. So I think we had a. Um, 
it was part of a shy council meeting and I could take Tom and, and the kids over. We had dinner with the with the shy council. So that was oh, the very uh, good. yeah. So that was about as sort of public as it as it as it got right. at that stage. Okay. They've changed a few things since then. And uh, obviously they make presentations at uh, the Australia Day Australia breakfast, Day breakfast. In, the, in the Shire. Yep. But, Great. yeah, that was a thrill too. Good. So, was, yeah. so does that mean now you, you've hit your peak, you've hit your pinnacle, <laughs> and, and you know, is, is the retirement uh, the R word part of your, your uh, not vocabulary? Not really, not really. I haven't. I must admit I think I do find myself slowing down a little bit. I can't seem to achieve as much yes. as I used to. But that's, well, you've got small children in your life again. Too, well, you? I have a couple of granddaughters, so I go up to Perth every fortnight, yep. and, and which I love, well, as you know. Sure. Rick's spending time with grandchildren. It's a lot of fun. They keep me mm. entertained. And mm. there'll probably be more, some more before too much longer. Well, we'll make sure think. that goes on the public record. <laughs> 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 what, what would you recommend to anyone else in the community that has given some thought to the possibility of volunteering? How do they go about initiating? Oh, I think just well and truly go for it. It's uh, probably... Uh, look at something that you might be interested in, whether, I mean, there's, and there's such a, a range of volunteer projects around Dardanup, whether it, you might like to join the Dardanup Lions Club. At this stage, the Dardanup Lions Club is a men-only organisation. Oh. Uh, it'll be interesting one day to see what happens if some woman decides she wants to join it. But, I mean, they're quite an active and quite a, a big group of, a large group of men sure. um, that meet every fortnight. And I, I think it's actually quite good that they do have, it is just men-only at this stage. Yeah. I mean, women have plenty of opportunities sure. to through book clubs or whatever, yes, craft yes. groups to meet. Yep. And so I think it's, I suppose, a bit like the men's shed, which we don't actually have one in Dardanup, but but they have one at Boynup, which is pretty close. Mm. Um, I think pick an area that it might be some environmental um, interest. So there's Crookerbrook Forest, or there's even the Leshenault uh, Catchment Council, or there's the Biosecurity Group. So there's a lot of things if you know, depending on what your interests are sure. and and abilities too. But I think it's just and those groups are important, aren't they? Because they really shape the future. They they are, the and I think the state government too is um, I think is putting more responsibility on grassroots organisations. Yes. I mean, you used to have the old APB and and some of those groups that worked yep. within the agricultural department, but now of course you have a bit more of a grassroots driven mm. the um, biosecurity. Uh, what's it called, the Leshnot Biosecurity Group. So, and they've got a lot of volunteers who, who probably you can assist with decision-making too. So yes. it's it's more applicable the decisions you make rather than having government officers certainly, make decisions certainly. that may not apply to your area. Mm. And I think the council's heading in that direction as well because they've just asked for volunteers to join the uh, place, um, place groups and uh, roadwise again, and different other things. So yeah, they're doing I quite think, a bit of community yeah, development. Yeah, so there, I think they? the council itself are recognising that they need to, rather than making decisions on behalf of communities, they need to get communities involved yes. in their decision making. Sure. So that everyone's heading in the same direction. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But cer I, certainly, I mean, I can't underestimate how important it is for for the general community to get involved in those oh, sorts yes. of decision-making. Oh, yes, and, and, you know, you'll get far more back from volunteering than you'll ever give. And yes. that's without a doubt. And I don't think I've ever been involved in too many groups around Dardanup where it, it 
there has been disharmony, um, you know, everyone's... I mean, you're not always going to agree with everyone on every uh, issue, um, but, um, you know, people tend to just get along and, and you need to accept that everyone does have different opinions and you need to be inclusive of everyone's... Yeah. Opinion and so in terms ideas. of in terms of your um, attitude, I guess if as long as one comes into these roles in a inclusive fashion with some generosity, that, that things will happen. I think so. Yeah, mm. I think if you uh, were very fixated on what you thought was going to happen or yes. what you think should happen, and and you haven't given you know the the group opportunity or to, you haven't given yourself opportunity to understand how a group sure. works, I think you could have problems. But I think if you, as you say, if you're open and, and accepting and um, and friendly, I think I don't think you'll have any trouble volunteering for, for any any Excellent. group, that's for sure. Good advice. Yeah. And what, what's the next big thing? I mean, you, you know what's going on around the place, Jill. What, what's, the, what's the next few exciting projects that are likely to Well, I suppose, you know, until we really know what's happening with, with COVID, I think people are a bit tentative about organising things. I, I was at a meeting last week with some of the agricultural societies around the southwest, and a lot of those have cancelled this year. Some are still going ahead, but the ones that have cancelled are considering hosting a smaller community event. So rather than opening up their town to the wider community or other communities, whether from Perth or whatever, they're considering just having a small uh, celebration for basically community only. And I know we used to have one in Dardnup years ago. You'd probably remember the Fun Day, Rick. Yes. We had that in Caramar Park. And it was a bit of a fundraiser for all the community groups and it was run by the two schools, I think, principally. But um, I think, you know, maybe we might look at something like that mm. later in the year and, ha- and sure. going back to Caramar Park and just yes. having an opportunity for people to get together. Yes, because it used to be the Autumn Affair as well. <laughs> well, that's right, yes. yeah. With competitive cooking yeah. and all Which sorts. Which the Art Spectacular sort of... Sort of grew out of, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Autumn Affair morphed into the Art yeah. Spectacular. Um, so I have I've, to ask you, Jill, have you still got your apple pie recipe that was I famous? Have, Rick, I don't make it as often these days. So you've still got that. <laughs> okay, good, good. Just, just I have, check. yes. And just when, in case we, we yes, re-establish when, that festival. Yes, uh, and when Liz Nordic beat me, that was just the, the end. The community hasn't so, quite settled down since no. that, has <laughs> Prior to COVID, I met with a few people who are keen on preserving the history of Dardanup and working towards finding some of that history that people have in their homes and collating it, and and we're not sure what we'll do with it. But anyhow, then, of course, we we couldn't meet, but I've sent a bit of a call out to some of those people this week who were interested to maybe if we get together in the Thomas Little Hall and think about maybe having some sort of heritage event because they have a National Heritage Day, um, well, Heritage Month, between the middle of um, April and middle of May and and I've been sort of thinking about that. Dardanup is such a historic town. We've got some beautiful historic buildings that would be fabulous to open that on a sure. day maybe and our group could, it would give us a bit of a, a goal to work towards collating some of that historical material Certainly. that's out there, displaying yep. it in the Thomas Little Hall and then having some of the historical buildings open. I mean, we've got a, a walk trail, so there's and there's a lot of people out there who know a lot about the history of Darden Up. So it'd be great if we could bring all that out and get some people talking about some of the buildings, and maybe we could all get dressed in period costume and you know make some sure. damper and a few mm. different things. Bring back a few skills that people used to do, like rope 
making and, you know, candle making and, you know, um, I won't get too excited because these people on our committee are probably you know, want to run in the other direction. <laughs> but I think it's an opportunity and that's something I think could grow in Darden sure. Up. And I think it's a matter of, too, um, the community learning to appreciate the history that we have and the the beautiful buildings that we have. Certainly. And uh, I know recently I put a bit of a story in there about, in the Darden Up Times, about um, James Mitchell. And he was born in Paradise down Dowdell's line. Yes. Um, so the only person in this state that's become, was a Premier and also a Governor. Right. And he was born in Dardanup, okay. just out of Dardanup, yep. which I think is pretty special. And then Gwen Wells, who's got a lot of history, she stepped up in the next issue and she um, wanted to tell everyone about her time when uh, James Mitchell was doing a farewell tour around the southwest and he came to Dardanup. In a, in a later program, we'll be talking to Troy Bennell, and, and oh, Troy great. has has great history here. He's talking yeah. about his mum, who's who's uh, relating a yes. lot of stories to him. So yeah, that'll be terrific worked, to tie those in out through Ferguson Valley. For Apparently, different... but in the meantime, thank you very much, Jill, thank you, for, Rick. for making this time available. I enjoyed myself. Oh, good. I'm glad glad to see <laughs> and it. And I found my memory isn't as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it must be the the effect of this fantastic environment out here at Crooked Brook. Uh, that you yes. helped create that yes. sort of clarifies the memory. Pure air. That's right, pure air. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Rick. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us about the podcast or any other matter, please do so via the Facebook page managed by the Shire of Dardena. Special thanks to our guest, Jill Cross. I'd like to thank our contributors, Dylan Newport for the theme music, Barry Wilson for audio production and editing, Steve Ingram and the crew at the Bunbury Community Radio, 103.7 FM for their technical support. This is Rick Stacey. See you around the traps.